Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. My guest today is Karen Gaylor, and she is going to tell you all about her weight loss story, how she lost over 100 pounds, reclaimed her health, and she's going to talk a little bit about how the Ultimate Reboot Program played a part in that. So please welcome Karen to the show. It's so nice to see you, and thank you for doing this. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Well, you have a great story and I've been watching your success over the years and I'm just so happy to see, I was going to say to see how you've grown, but really to see how you've shrunk. (laughs) Yes, I definitely have. Oh, I can see you were, you were, you seem to be at your ideal weight in, in these photos, at least when you were a baby and a teenager. Yes. And I was a very normal person for the first 26 years. And then I gained a little bit of weight and I did my first Nutrisystem and got back down to 124, which was a fairly, I I didn't exactly stay there, but I stayed at 135 for a while. And then I had my first child and that was when my issues really began was having my kids. And I gained, I gained about 70 pounds with my oldest while I was pregnant. And I took most of that back off, but not all of it. And with each child, I gained about 25 to 30 pounds and it never came off. Each child added another 30 pounds onto my weight. And um, even when I had my second child, I was in the hospital the day after he was born and I gained three pounds the day after he was born. Instead of losing the baby, that he was eight pounds, 12 ounces. And you would have thought that I would have lost about nine pounds, but not me. I gained three pounds. So it was really a struggle with my weight, um, having my children. So, and I, and I just assumed that that was very normal. Um, my mother gained all of her weight after she had her kids. She gained weight with each one of us. And I just thought I was, I had her genes and I was falling along with what she was doing. And she also had been a type two diabetic. And I thought that type two diabetes was part of my future as well. So it was no surprise when I was diagnosed with type two diabetes either. And I really thought that my parents, the genes of my parents heavily influenced my type two diabetes. My dad had kidney stones. I had kidney stones. Um, he had heart disease. I obviously had heart disease because I had a stroke. So that was, I was just being a part of the family, but I didn't start out that way. Everything was fine up until I became an adult and 
started having children. And then um, I went through different stages of weight gain. This, the picture on the on the left here is the first child, the weight after the first child, the weight in the middle, the picture in the middle was my weight when my kids were really small. Um, and especially my youngest, that was right after, that was about two years after he was born. And then the last picture was the, my son, my oldest son's wedding in 2011. That was one month before my stroke. Wow. And then I had my stroke yeah, on June 27th of 2011. And then I lost, I went from 140 or 242 pounds down to 208 pounds. So I lost a little bit of weight, but I couldn't do anything else to actually lose weight. And I even, the at the time of my stroke, I had gone not exactly keto, but it was a very, very, very low carb diet. And it was with a type one diabetic doctor. And while he included lots of vegetables with his meat, I was one of those typical, I can have meat, I can have fat, I can't have carbs, everything is good, people. So I started losing weight with that. I did get down about 10 pounds before my stroke, but I also gave up the diet after about six months because I could not maintain no carbs. I needed carbs, or so I thought that I needed carbs. And the kind of carbs I was eating were breads and processed carbs and that too did not help anything and then I had my stroke and even in 2014 I started having issues where I was feeling very nauseous every morning when I would wake up to the point that some days I would actually vomit and we didn't know what was going on the doctor could not figure out what was going on so I switched doctors and the new doctor had me go gluten-free and dairy-free and you would have thought that the light bulb would go on with that because once I was dairy-free I actually lost 16 pounds and I felt the best that I had felt in a long, long time. And 
my A1C went from, it was, it was in the sevens or eights and it went down to 5.7, but the connection just wasn't there. And the doctor didn't say anything about it to really connect it either. And I started going back to dairy once I started feeling better. And we also found out that the reason I was sick was that I had developed chronic kidney disease and I was in stage four kidney failure. And um, that was that was something that I needed to, I had to stop metformin because I needed to get my kidney function up. And the urologist told me that I could start taking metformin again when my kidney function got up above 40. And so just in eating normal, but eating a little less, a little less high protein and a more normal diet, the kidney function did come up and, but I still did not go back on the metformin. I stayed off the metformin and was doing other drugs, but then the A1C went totally off the chart and it was 12 at that point. And no one ever told me, and I didn't think for myself that staying away from dairy was a big reason why my A1C had dropped and why my why I had lost 15 pounds. And I still say that if that doctor would have turned the light bulb on for me, that maybe I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have ever found this way of eating if I had just given up a little bit of it even. But then a, I switched doctors again. I had to switch doctors because she moved. And the I chose a doctor who had lost a lot of weight for herself, but she wasn't doing anything for me either to try to figure out how to lose weight. And my A1C once again went to 9.2 and she put me on glimepiride. And glimepiride made me gain five pounds a month. And after five months, I said, I can't do this anymore. My rock bottom was, I cannot gain all this weight and take all of these diabetes drugs. And I don't know what they're doing to me. And I was on insulin and I was on the glimmer pride and I was on Trulicity. I was on three different beds. And I was also on three blood pressure medications. I was on lisinopril. I was on amlodipine. And I was on bistolic. And I was also taking a statin. And I just, I just hated the idea of all these meds. And I said, there's got to be another way. And what led me to this was... John McMahon's I Thrive series and people like 
Dr. Doug Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer and Chef AJ made a world of difference in what I decided to do because those people were really influential in that docu-series. And after watching Dr. Lyle one night in bed with the docu-series, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I am going whole food, plant-based, SOS-free, and we're going to see if this will really work. And the next day I woke up and I haven't had meat since. And I haven't had dairy since. And it has definitely changed my life. So that's basically my rock bottom. And, and then we started hearing about having a why and why you want to do this. And my why was to get off the meds. And within five weeks of starting eating this way, the doctor took me off of the lisinopril and she wanted to take me off the amlodipine. And I said, well, can we half it first and try it halved for a month and then get off of it? So she said, okay. And she and I worked together on a lot of things to do this. And she also took me off of the amlodipine or the, um, the glimmerpride to see if that would help with doing all of this. And I started losing weight. I lost, I was losing five pounds a week to start with because I did have so much weight to lose. And after five weeks and getting off of some of my meds, it just pushed me even harder to get off the rest of my meds and to continue to lose weight. And so by November 20th was the last of my meds. It was the Trulicity. It was the last time I took it. And I haven't looked back and I, my December um, labs at that point, and I had been off of the Trulicity for a month and I had been off the other drugs for a couple of months. My A1C was 6.1, which it was the first time I saw the doctor after it had been 7.2 in June. So it went from 7.2 to 6.1 in three short months and then getting off all of my meds. Three months later, it was still at 6.1, but without any meds. And then in March, it, well, no, actually... Yeah, in March, it dropped to 5.9. And in June, it dropped to 5.7. And by September of 2020, I was no longer diabetic. My A1C was 5.5. And 
it has never been any higher than 5.5. It has been lower. So the highest it's, it's been has been 5.5 since September of 2020. And I just, the one thing that I did change after I started eating this way, the one thing that Chef AJ taught was no salt, no oil, no sugar, no flour, and no alcohol. And the no alcohol was no big deal to me because I didn't really use alcohol in any way, shape, or form, except for like vanilla in cooking and things, but no alcohol, no flour. And I really, truly did not, I didn't do the flour except for like oat flour sometimes in certain things like making pancakes or doing a few things like that. But last year I ended up getting falling into the pleasure trap with Taco Bell. And I, for nine months, was doing Taco Bell. It started out as once a week, then it went two times a week, then it was three times a week because the call of that food was so great that I couldn't stay away from it. And I truly, truly believe that flour was one of the big reasons why, because I was always eating food with flour tortillas because Taco Bell didn't have any other tortillas. They didn't have any corn. They didn't have, and they didn't do food without tortilla shells. And so I truly believe that the way tortilla flour, tortilla shells are made, flour tortilla shells are made, it just pulled me in even harder than just the salt, although the salt had a big role in my weight gain too. And so January 1st, I gave up Taco Bell completely, and I have not been to Taco Bell since, and I don't ever intend to go back. And as a matter of fact, one day last week, um, the the place I normally go is a Qdoba, and I go just once a week. But it was they were having issues that day. They had been slammed because we had a lot of bad weather and people were th without power here. And so they were closed for part of the day. And I was like, I need lunch. What am I going to do? I could go to Taco Bell. No, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not doing it. It's not my food. It is not my food. It is not my food. And I managed to avoid Taco Bell last week. And so I feel like I am definitely 
the the pull of flour, the pull of oil, the pull of sugar, the pull of salt is just, it's not going to get me again. I am not ever going back to something like that. And that basically is my story. Doesn't doesn't the story end with another picture there? Yeah, this is me. <laughs> That's this what we me. This is me after I lost all of my weight. So there's a huge difference in my age 44 picture and how heavy I really was versus my age 64 picture where I lost all of my weight. And I have been very happy to keep that weight off. And, and last year when I did gain, I gained about 12 to 15 pounds and I just... I felt fat. I felt like I was really fat at that point. And I immediately had to do something about it. So I am down now about six pounds. And so I still have a ways to go, but I am focusing mostly on my health and just eating the right way. I know that if I eat the right way, there's, it's going to come sooner or later, the weight's going to disappear again, and I will be back down again. And I'm not worried about it. I don't even think about it at this point. Because I just, I know that, I know that it's going to happen. And this past weekend, I was at the NHA conference, and even though I ate a ton of food, because I normally don't eat breakfast, and we did breakfast every morning, and lunch, and dinner, and everything was, like, I eat small meals at home, but we were eating tons and tons of food at the conference, but I weighed myself yesterday when I got home, and I hadn't gained any weight. I hadn't lost any weight. I was still the same. So even after eating a ton of food, everything was normal. Because you were eating whole food, plant exclusive, sofas free. Do you have any more slides to share? Because if not, we can take you off screen share. Okay. Um, I, I, I do have a few more that has just what I what drugs I used and things, but I don't really think that we need to share it. Okay. So. All right. Well, then I'll stop the screen share so they can see you full screen and me. Hello, everyone. So it's interesting, the Taco Bell story, because are you familiar with Chuck Carroll from PCRM? Yes. I, I, I felt a very serious kindred to him with his Taco Bell obsession. Well, it's interesting because you were eating some of the healthier choices from Taco Bell ostensibly, and still because of the large amounts of sugar, fat, salt, and flour that's in their food, as opposed to other healthier Mexican restaurants, even though it occurred over a nine-month period, you were still gaining weight from it. 
Yeah, I was, I was. And I just like, I can relate to him so well. And it's definitely not my food, even if it's, even if it's supposedly somewhat healthy, like I was eating the rice, I was eating the beans, I was eating lettuce, I was eating um, tomatoes, and I was eating onions, I usually would put onions on everything. But even eating that stuff, because of the way that Taco Bell does the stuff, I was gaining weight. Huh. And think about how many people eat at Taco Bell or places like that every day. Oh, I know. I know. And I just, it, it drives me crazy a little bit to watch those commercials on TV because I just think that people are just killing themselves by eating that food and it's it's not healthy. There is nothing healthy about Taco Bell or any of the fast food places. Even if you can get a salad at some of them, most of them you cannot get a salad without chicken or without some sort of meat on it. And if you ask for a salad without it, they kind of look at you like you're crazy. So I, I love when you order a salad and, you know, it'll have things in it. it might even have beans in it. And they'll say, oh, you want any protein with that? I, I, every, everybody in my family complains because every time we go somewhere like a fast food place and they say, and what protein would you like with that? And I will say, I've already got the protein on it because I had you put beans on it. Well, even without the beans, plants have protein, vegetables have protein, you know. But they but they they don't understand that plants have protein and they and I'm saying, you mean what meat do I want? I don't want meat. I and they say, No, it's protein, and it's like, no, it's not, it's meat. It's just meat. It's there's no there's no difference in well, there is a difference in the protein of meat and the protein of plants. Because plant protein is very healthy protein and you avoid a lot of things by eating plant protein that you, when you eat meat protein, it's, it can kill you. It literally can kill you. Are you so, on any, are you on any medications now? I have not been on any medications since November of 2020. That's amazing. And you know, it's interesting when you just gave up dairy initially, you lost weight just doing that. I, yeah, I just, there are times where I think, I wish the doctor would have explained better that the dairy was helping me lose weight and was helping me get healthy and kept, kept pushing me towards a more healthier form of eating but she didn't seem to know it. I don't think that she really knew it, that she didn't really realize how effective giving up dairy even was going to be. So no. doctors still have a lot to learn. <laughs> when did you take the reboot program and how did that help you? Um, the first reboot I did was January of 
2021. Um, I've done the reboot four times now. And for one thing, it helps me to communicate with other people and some who are brand new to eating this way and really need support in learning how to do this. And I sometimes feel like I am one of those who can help teach people how to eat and what what things are good, what things are maybe a little more questionable as far as the food that they're eating. And just um, the community has been a great thing. And I still, like every time I want, Every time I do it, I watch the videos a little bit more intently. Um, and I love Dr. Lyle's videos. Um, I love Dr. Goldhammer. Um, I get a lot from JP, just what he's got going on. And those, Dr. Goldhammer and JP were both at the national health association conference this past weekend so i actually got to enjoy them live and in person so it, it's been a really fun weekend that we just had so well, um, it's important i think and when you're in the reboot program you have the community in in the private group that's off of facebook yes and i am a part of the community from last August, we they started, they, they've gone through a variation of names in the Facebook group, but we, we have stayed together. And it, it's, it really is very important to have that community. And now that I've gone through the reboot, and fallen off by doing Taco Bell and getting back on, it's helped me a little more to understand a lot of the um, no flour, especially. Because I always used to think, oh, I know the no flour and I'm not doing flour, but does it really matter? Is it really that important? And this past year taught me a whole lot about the importance of doing SOFIS free versus doing SOS free. And flour, flour, especially for people who are food addicts, and many of us in the reboot are food addicts, the no flour is a big deal. It really is. You know, I, that can be very much a struggle for people. If people aren't familiar with Dr. Joe Nifflin's work, sugar and flour, how they make us crazy, that and sick, they don't realize that for people that have food addictions, flour can be just as problematic, even in the form of bread and pasta and crackers, and even sometimes cereals as sugar, even though it may not taste sweet because it's just so refined. It it can, it definitely can. I I kept thinking that flour wasn't that big of a deal, but I didn't really connect it until 
I started the Taco Bell thing and then I finally realized, hey, it's not just about the oil. It's not just about the salt. And salt, really, even though many people within the whole food plant-based community will say a little bit of salt is okay if you do, like if you salt your food at the table or you do a little bit of salt every now and then. But salt can be a major contributor to someone who is an addict. And salt and flour both can really, really keep you addicted to foods that are not the best for you. Absolutely. It's a powerful appetite stimulant for many people. It it definitely is for me. I don't, I tend to, like I get, if I do beans in a can, I am always going no salt. Um, I do no salt in tomatoes that are canned. If I do that, a lot of it, I don't do anymore. I was using a lot of it, um, but I've kind of gotten away from that. Um, I do tend to use a lot of well your world things like marinara sauce and stuff like that that's got no salt no oil no sugar in it as well and i know that that's pretty healthy food so if i'm if i'm going to eat anything that's been processed it's going to be from there it's not going to be something off the shelf at the grocery store you know, it sounds like instead of the reboot program, you need the Taco Bell recovery program. I definitely do. I, <laughs> it, it definitely has been a major factor in getting me off course, but it's also helped me to learn that getting back on course is very important. And Doing the reboot has really helped solidify a lot of the stain on track. It, when you do the reboot, like every six months, it's just another way of saying, hey, I'm still here. I'm still, this is still what I want to do. This is still the lifestyle that I choose to live. And it has made a big difference. Yep. Do you enjoy the master Q&A sessions that take place over four consecutive weekends that are part of the program in addition? I absolutely love those Sunday nights. I live for those Sunday nights. Those have been, those have been so invaluable that I, I, one of the first reboots, I kept forgetting to watch them, but like the last couple of reboots, I'm sitting here at my computer ready to go about 15 minutes before they start. So yeah. they have- and By they have, evening, just so you know, it depends where a person lives because they take place 2 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, and it's um, four o'clock my time, so- it's afternoon, evening here, but those Sundays are very, very important. Yeah. 
what do you say to people that feel that they are hopeless when it comes to losing weight? Maybe they tried and failed, gained weight back. How do you advise those folks? Um, first, I, first thing I always talk about is, do they really have a why? The why is so important. Um, and even, even like for me, once I started losing the weight, once I got down to my goal weight, and once I got off the meds, and once everything was normal, I started saying, maybe I need to readjust my why. My why needs to be a little different because I started losing sight of a little bit of why I was doing this. And instead of saying, I wanted to get off my meds because I did, I started saying, I don't want to go back on my meds. I don't want to go back to being even overweight. I didn't want, I don't want anything except for a normal BMI and a normal A1C and I've had the stroke and it's important for me to think about my heart and keeping my heart in good shape and just eating this way just has done all of that and you really 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 have to have a strong why to do this that makes sense if your why if your why is not strong enough then you have to absolutely hit a an absolute rock bottom before that why can be important to you. Yeah. What do you say to people who think it's just too hard the way we eat? Because you, you mentioned a conference you went to and all the food was prepared that way and you ate it in abundance and didn't gain any weight. Oh, I, if people say that this is too hard, there is nothing harder than being on drugs and gaining weight and gaining more weight and gaining even more weight and and having to take even more drugs and spending thousands upon thousands of dollars for those drugs and this way of eating is just so easy and there are there are ways to initially learn how to eat this way there are things like mama says it was a big driver in me getting to where i started making my food i learned how to eat food that i liked and enjoyed that was not full of salt oil and sugar and was made with plants. And how long did it take you to enjoy food that way? Um, probably about a month. It was probably about a month before. And I've always laughed and said, I was the I was the football mom. I was the 
basketball mom who made chili without beans only meat chili when my middle son was doing this my oldest son and my middle son when they were when they were football players in high school and the parents made dinners for them and we would do chili night once in a while and my chili was always the first to go because the boys never liked eating beans either and my chili had no beans in it whatsoever and now my chili has three or four or five different types of beans without absolutely no meat and it's probably i tend to like the chili better now than i did back then so definitely eating this way the food is better the food honestly is better and i just i i don't really want to have, have to admit this but this weekend was the first time that I actually had broccoli in forever. I've tried broccoli a couple of times, never liked it. I was a George H.W. Bush, I hate broccoli person. And this weekend I had a broccoli cheese soup and it was out of this world delicious. It was so good. So I got more broccoli on my plate and more broccoli. And I was going, I actually like broccoli. <laughs> so I now will eat broccoli anytime. <laughs> and I have broccoli in my freezer that I need to fix. And I'm looking forward to it. It's so funny because even when I was a complete sugar addict and starting the day with Coke Slurpees and having Dr. Pepper regular all throughout the day, the only vegetable I did eat was broccoli. So that's funny that that was the one you didn't like. I'm that was the one I absolutely did not like. And I am, I am looking forward to making lots of recipes that include broccoli. So I have, my taste buds have definitely changed over the last four years. And so I am really looking forward to eating a lot more broccoli. <laughs> I'm curious, what role, if any, did exercise play in your over 100 pound weight loss journey? Um, I did do um, exercise. I and I tend to now I tend to intermittent fast, so I don't eat before noon, and I also tend to exercise before 10 o'clock in the morning. And if I get my exercise in an actual exercise, whether it's walking or whether it's, I've done um, the Leslie Sansone walk at home programs, um, a lot of her videos that are on YouTube and stuff. And if I don't get a brisk walk-in, I, the day doesn't go nearly as well as getting exercise in, in the morning for me. Yep. Absolutely. What's been the best part of, of having lost over a hundred pounds? All the clothes that I buy. <laughs> I, I have, I have, you know, it used to be, I liked clothes, but 
I wasn't ever looking very good in clothes. And now it's like, I can wear anything I want and things do look good. It really, it does. It just, they look so much better. And so part of the journey has been the clothes that come with it and, and looking decent in dressing. And, um, that's been one of the major things. And I'm just, I, I feel so much better. I just feel like I have more energy. I can do a lot of things that I never dreamed I could do. And having had a stroke and having had the residual effects of a stroke, because I was one who could not take the TPA, which is a, which is a set of drugs that will undo a lot of the effects of a stroke. I couldn't do it back then. They thought that it had to be done within three hours and mine happened at night while I was asleep. So nobody knew what time it happened. And so there are things that I can't do, but it doesn't keep me from trying to do anything. And there are plenty of things like we went for a hike over the weekend and I was able to go out and hike. It's not an issue with me walking one to two miles. It's, it's, those are the kinds of things that losing all the weight, eating the way I do, eating, eating foods that are healthy, just even though I have issues I can still do a lot of things. Yep. Well, I hope other people will join you on this journey because people don't realize that the programs that we have only twice a year, the reboot program, sometimes only once a year, that it can not only jumpstart a person that has been having difficulties, but even people that have had success, like Susanna, who I'm sure you know, they just keep coming back. Uh Definitely. It, I think for the people like Susanna and me, being a part of the community is a big part of doing the reboot. It, we, we need the connection. People are meant to communicate with each other and are meant to connect with one another. And I think that the connections are very important and I have always gotten on the, the forum with the reboot to see what everybody, where everybody's from, what everybody's, you know, where they live, what they, what their life is like. Those kinds of things are really important and you never know where you can make a connection. And I've met people that, live very close to my hometown and 
Yeah, that's the coolest thing. I cannot tell you when we do the, you know, the live Zooms that we do with our three hours for over four weeks. That's how long it takes the doctors to answer the questions. People will type in the chat where they're from. And I mean, Australia, two people, they, they live just a couple of blocks from each other and they became friends just from being in the program. It's incredible. It, it is something that you never know where people are from and you don't know what they're doing until you actually get into the forum and get into like the lives and you actually start talking to each other and find that you have lots of things in common. It isn't even just about location. Sometimes it's about the families that you're raising or it's about um, people like all of us who have nothing but sons or people who have nothing but daughters and they can make a connection with the way that their family is growing up or, you know, the, the people even who experience living in a mixed family with people who do not want to eat this way, they have a set of people who can, yeah. reach out and help them as well and they can all be a part of something where they can um become more connected with other people who are trying to eat the same way that they are you know, it's interesting because we often have families do it together. One of the success stories that we're running this week, Sally Dwyer, she did the program with her doctor, who's a physician, and she lost a tremendous amount of weight. So, yeah. What do you say to people that have had what I like to call a snack accident? You know, a lot of people use the serious terms like re relapse or falling off the wagon. I like to call it a snack accident because it just sounds a little bit less ominous. Well, I think that Jin Hawk probably said it best. It's just like flying a plane. And you know the course that you're on. And you know that that's the way to get to your destination. But once in a while, something gets in the way of that course. And you have to veer off course just a little bit. And then you need to veer back on course. And the quicker you can do that and also know that sometimes fearing off course is going to happen once you get back on course and everything is good you're still going to get to your destination beautifully said well i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the program again and i think that for you, Karen, instead of saying, yo quiero Taco Bell, you need to say, no quiero Taco Bell. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you know, I mean, people might not know this unless they follow both of us closely, but, you know, you do stand-up comedy now and you're hilarious. Do you think you ever would have attempted that when you were 100 pounds heavier? Oh, never. Never. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, like I said the other night, I'm encouraged by influencers and Chef AJ has been one of the biggest influencers that I've been around. Oh, oh. So I definitely would never, the first time you mentioned doing stand-up comedy, I was like, I don't want to do this, but it sounds like fun. It sounds like, you know, I, I because of my stroke, 
I don't go too many places. I stay home a lot. And it was just like, you know, this would really be fun. And, and getting out and getting exposed to something totally new and totally not me. And I actually have really enjoyed it. It has been a lot of fun. And getting out of your comfort zone, doing what JP who's one of the teachers in the program says, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is sometimes what people have to do a little bit when they're attempting to lose weight or manage their food addictions. We definitely do. Yeah, well, it's been a, such a pleasure talking to you, Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for another fabulous guest.